Ooh, we are back on another one. Now I can do video podcasts, which is kind of cool. Not that anyone wants to see uh, my misshapen head or slightly off kilter eyeballs, which I realize every time I watch myself on the screen that I've got like the Forrest Whitaker eye on one side, but hey, I'm not getting any prettier. Anyway, it is 1-12-2022 at uh, 9 a.m. Um, worked on some stuff earlier this morning and watching the news because I'm just waiting for the sky to fall with all the recent uh, cyber sort of underground stuff that I've been following and tracking. So far, it hasn't happened, um, but we'll see. Now, I do want to start off with a quick look, and I'm not going to show the screen on some of this stuff because I don't want people doing things that I and other folks in the cyber world do that might get you in trouble if you don't know what you're doing. But I got such good positive feedback on last week's uh, podcast where I talked about stuff through Shodan that was vulnerable. Let's go do a couple of quick searches on Shodan and just report some numbers here. So you're going to hear me clicking. I'm not going to show you what I'm doing, but let's let's just go have a look. Now, um, I want to see, honestly, if we can find something that would be really interesting within the context of uh, something that I don't want uh, a bad guy to get that's easy. So I'm going to look for industrial control systems on Shodan right now. Let's go look and see if we can get to an industrial control system that has how much gas is in a tank. In the United States, with this simple query, looking for a particular port, uh, there are, let's see, 4,058 that are available to me right here, right now. And when I'm looking at them, they're all categorized as industrial control systems. Uh, let's see, I've got Portsmouth, Chicago, uh, Carmel, California, Portland, Oregon. Um, and I can see literally how much gas is in the tank at a whole bunch of different storage facilities. Does that mean that I necessarily could have control of that system? No, but does it mean that that's some way that I might be able to get to something? Yeah. Uh, let's go down a couple of other uh, avenues here. So, <clears throat> a lawful intercept telecommunication systems running a particular Cisco capability. Let's go check that one out. There are 21. Um, so right now, there are 21 res results in Shodan, if you run the query correctly, with the right configuration, that say that there are Cisco IOS things out there that are conducting lawful intercept activities. What does that mean? That means that law enforcement is using these things to probably collect information. Um, again, is this necessarily a massive holy shit moment? Not totally necessarily, but is it something that would concern the hell out of me if I was in law enforcement? Yeah. Um, how many people have got nifty Teslas? Let's go see if we can get to some Tesla power packs. Pretty simple query. Run it. See what results we get back. Oh, nothing on Tesla. So well done, Tesla. You've uh, got a little bit of configuration control there. So good job. What about just electric vehicle charging stations that are talking to the internet? Just a couple more here. And I'm going to do this on every one of these because um, it's really easy to find stuff that you probably shouldn't be able to find. Oh, 200 uh, electric vehicle charging stations. Most of them are in France. Most of them are on port 80. Um, and it's pretty simple to see what's going on there. They even tell you the entirety of the certificate stuff. Um, most of them are outdated certificates, so 
not good. Let's do one more, right? With just a little bit of a weird query and see what we can get here. So I was looking at this earlier. Um, I thought that this might be kind of interesting. So wind power is a big thing now. I wonder if we can get to any wind power control uh, capabilities. And this is looking for Nordex systems. Most of them are in Germany, Denmark, Poland. I see 55 lots on port 80, a um, couple of odd ports as well, but holy crap, they cough up everything. Now, the great thing about the Shodan system here is it also tells me if they're vulnerable to a particular exploit. Um, all of these are vulnerable to guess what? The freak exploit and logjam. Freak logjam, freak logjam. So yeah, if we're gonna consider that these types of systems that generate power from what you would call non-traditional capabilities, wind, electric stuff, um, I don't know, geothermal, whatever. If those are gonna generate power that we're dependent on, then wouldn't they be considered industrial control system? Aren't they critical infrastructure? And wouldn't it be bad if I could get to that thing and do something with it? Probably problematic. And again, I'm just sitting here at home going through a couple of pipes to get out to a remote system so that none of my stuff is tracked on my machine. Um, but you know what you're doing, you can find this stuff really easily. Not cool, problem. I'm not even gonna do the VPN stuff because the VPNs are fucking comical. So let's let's just boil, let's just move past that. Uh, over the course of the next whatever, every time I do one of these, I'm gonna go after and look for some other vulnerable system. And maybe eventually someone will listen. Maybe not, probably not, unfortunately. Anyway, all right, so jumping into a couple of other reports here. Uh, I don't wanna subscribe to this. Actually, I'll share my screen on this because I don't think it's, um, you know, really anything that I wouldn't want to show. So, yeah, I want to share my screen. Let's share uh, this thingy. And there's my big ugly head again. Right. Whoa, we're going down the rabbit hole. Now, hopefully we can see what I'm looking at here. And yes, I have lots of tabs because I do lots of tabby stuff. Congress zooms in on cybersecurity after banner year of attack. Oh, okay, great. Well, this is Maggie Miller, 1228. Um, <clears throat> The past 12 months are a banner year in the severity of cyber attacks. Um, mm -hmm. uh, let's see, everybody's, so let's talk Capitol Hill. And this is where if you consult on Capitol, my God, they got enough of these fucking notifications. If you consult on Capitol Hill, you realize just how crazy this stuff is. So the silver lining has emerged around a never before seen level of bipartisan support and genuine interest on Capitol Hill for strengthening the nation's cybersecurity. Bipartisan with our government, yeah. I don't know if I believe that. Everybody's consciousness has been raised with respect to threats in cybersecurity. Everything from the ransomware attacks to other different types of intrusions which have taken place, said Jim Langman. I've talked to Jim Langman. He's actually a pretty well-educated person around cybersecurity and whatnot. And he's done a pretty good job of lining up some capabilities around this. There is more awareness now and members are paying attention more than ever before. Okay, they're paying attention, but that's not enough. Um, the changes to this whole thing come after people getting their ass kicked, Colonial Pipeline, JBS, whatever, um, Russian stuff, great. It seems like a week doesn't go by, there's not some major new cyber issues emerge and more attention is being paid to it and more willingness to do about it. <clears throat> now, this is where it starts to get interesting. I am sensing among my colleagues an eagerness to get involved in this issue and an eagerness to define or introduce legislation that may not be the big ticket item, but can be a point on the board. This is from Mike Gallagher, who's from Wisconsin, who was also on the cyber uh, solarium submission with Langman. 
is it making much of a difference? I don't think so. Is this interesting that they're talking about it? Sure. They talk about legislation. The problem that we're at again, and we've talked about this in the past, is you can't legislate your way out of this. We're trying to write rules and we're trying to write legislation around stuff where the legislation is not necessarily that applicable. Um, people don't get it. They don't understand. I, I did briefings with folks on Capitol Hill about drone security and how easy it would be to manipulate drones and crash them into stuff. And the folks that were in charge kept saying, well, we have laws against that. So what? We have laws against speeding. People speed. We have laws against people smoking meth. People smoke meth. Laws and legislation aren't going to make a difference, especially when this is a technical problem. This is technology should be used to combat bad tech. So good that they're talking about it. But I mean, honestly, with government, they're going to keep talking about it. They talk. And when this will actually become a thing and when it will go to something that's concrete and really useful, I don't know. IronNet did their predictions. I thought some of these were pretty good. You know, obviously, anytime a vendor's making predictions, you kind of go, okay, well, they're feeding their own beast. Um, but they were pretty good at kind of keeping it not necessarily just more vendor schlep. Um, 2022 will be the year of government policy. Okay, they're going to write some more stuff. Um, they pointed, you know, some national cybersecurity stuff. CISA's doing great things. Um, yeah, I agree with this. I think it's going to continue to get more government which may wind up derailing all the progress that we've made so there's like a there's a tipping point you're trying to get to where you got enough government push and enough government heft behind something that things are getting done but not enough government bureaucratic bullshit that it stops which the more you hear about government getting involved the more likely you are to have kind of that um confluence become a problem Ransomware uh, actors will adopt new tactics for cloud. Yeah, I think that this is a big deal. Um, they, all trends indicate that they're going to start moving into cloud. Um, personally, I think 2022 is kind of the year that cloud ransomware becomes really, really big. And I think that uh, attacks become more um, specific. And what I mean by that is they're going after people. Before it's been about organizations. I think that the organizational side of this is kind of getting a little bit more hard for them and they go to the next low hanging target, which is going to be people. And we're all remote. We're going to continue to be remote. We're all avenues of compromise. I think it gets personal this year. Broader scope of malware. Okay. Malware is malware. I mean, there's ways to defend malware. This honestly shouldn't be such a problem. If you're looking at application whitelisting and the things you need to do for ZT malware is an accepted problem, but it's not the problem that it would be if you don't have those principles in place sanctions and ransomware and russians i don't give a shit about that because it doesn't make a lick of difference um threat actors will increasingly target uh consumer and packaged goods and supply chains yes because we figured out that this is a great way to disrupt what's going on in the united states this is way up in the sort of food chain if you will of the bad guys because there's the nation state side of this nation states like to do big nation state disruptive things if they can impact our ability to get goods and stuff on the shelf they're making lots of organizations, lots of leadership look bad, and it becomes a national level problem. Uh, software entities will remain highly vulnerable. Also, water wet, fire hot. Yeah, um, not, not a bad prediction, but nothing that anyone should be surprised at. Cryptocurrency is going to get attacked. I think this is really useful because not a lot of folks in the cryptocurrency world, they kind of have their noses in the air and they don't really think that they're going to get attacked. And they say, well, we're crypto, we're distributed ledger, we have blockchain. Um, sure, but you can get attacked. It's already been proven. 
private sector will further embrace collective defense approaches. I, I mean, I guess, I don't know that I would say this is necessarily good or bad. Uh, we don't see a lot of really good collaboration going on as far as the defensive side of this. Um, I think we've proven this model honestly is kind of ineffective where we talk about lots and lots of collective defense and collective intelligence and whatever. Um, it's really more should be collective strategic offense, not offense, but maybe offensive and defensive things put together as far as a strategy that would make a difference instead of just more defense. We we, we lose a defense. Um, if you're trying just to sit there and be perfect and never get hit, not going to work. Operating with an already breached ZT mindset will separate winners from losers. Yes, um, this makes a lot of sense. ZT makes the difference. ZT is the strategy that makes sense. Uh, everything is breached until proven otherwise. And then guess what? It's still proven compromised. 2FA and SSO will also separate winners and losers. Yes, 2FA and SSO. Uh, yes, there are ways to get around it. Yes, there are ways to cause compromises, but they are better than not having that in place. Um, if you look at low hanging fruit, if you look at being the avenue of compromise, et cetera, um, it's just makes things harder. It makes things better for you. And it's not really that hard. So turn on to FA use SSO. This is a great one. Um, Graham Cluley. I thought this was kind of funny. Hacking group accidentally infects itself with a rat. Um, this was on January 11th patchwork an Indian hacking group known by such bizarre names as hangover group, dropping elephant, China's strats and monsoon. Who the hell comes up with these names? It's like, there's somebody that's just taking a shot every time something happens and then throwing a dart at the wall and that's the new name for it. Um, to error is human, but to really screw things up, you need to be a cyber criminal. They did a lot of spear phishing attacks against Pakistani organizations, but they managed to actually infect themselves with their own rat. This is from the folks at Malwarebytes. In the blog post, research of Malwarebytes described how it found a new variant of this bad news rat, um, which it dubbed Ragnatella. Sounds like gross form of Nutella being launched via spear phishing campaigns, which pretended to come from Pakistani authorities. <clears throat> Basically what these jackasses did was they fired it off and it came back and got them. So um, shooting yourself in the foot, they were going after lots of stuff. Apparently too many things were bouncing around and they wound up infecting their own infrastructure. Now the question is, did that wind up kicking things out to organizations that had the other side of the rat, the, the XFIL side, maybe? Um, now, here's an interesting part too. All hope is not lost, however. <clears throat> it appears that the hackers use the VPN CyberGhost and VPN Secure in an attempt to hide their IP address when logging into the victim's email accounts. So at least they're not you know, entirely incompetent. But the point I wanna take away is the bad guys are using VPNs. So why would we do the same thing that the bad guys are doing? And if the bad guys are using those VPNs, can't we leverage the stuff we know about compromised VPNs to get to the bad guys? Just a thought. <clears throat> State hackers use new PowerShell backdoor and Log4j attacks. This is January 11th. We knew it was going to happen. Log4j is becoming um, the new, you know, big thing uh, for everybody. Um, here's a first sort of instance of it being leveraged for actual attacks. Hackers believed to be part of the Iranian APT-35, Charming Kitten, again, take a shot, throw a dart at the wall, come up with a name, or Phosphorus, the fuck comes up with these, has been observed leveraging log for, sh uh, log for shell attacks to drop a new PowerShell backdoor. 
that's the key thing. So what is it doing? Is log4j actually the, the avenue of compromise? Mm -hmm. But what are they using to do things within the infrastructure? PowerShell. What do you do to stop that from proliferating? Eliminate PowerShell. How many folks actually need to use PowerShell? Very, very few. Admins, and that's developers in some instances or whatever. But if you looked at the whole of these cyberdom, not many people need PowerShell. So stop PowerShell. Uh, ThreatLocker does this. Lots of companies have capabilities in this space. PowerShell should not be enabled on most machines. The modular payload can handle C2 communications, perform enumeration, eventually receive, decrypt, and load additional modules because PowerShell gives it that capability. This critical stuff that comes from Log4J, uh, which is the avenue of compromise. Um, and here's, you know, modular black door talks about how it works. But look, you know, attacker gets to the machine, Java, PowerShell, loader, PowerShell, CNC, PowerShell, S3, whatever. Like, that's how many times you have to see PowerShell before you know what to minimize. Shouldn't be a big problem. Should be something that's relatively easy to eliminate if done correctly. Um, here's how to really do zero trust security. Interesting article. Uh, I was a little bit miffed on this when I saw it published because it was coming from Thycotic Centrify. And not that I have any problem with Thycotic Centrify, but it was a vendor talking about something that I, I've personally done work with both Thycotic and Centrify. And I was like, okay, here comes some more vendor schlep about how awesome they are about enabling ZT. Actually, Joseph Carson and his folks over there didn't do that. They did a good job of kind of running through what is zero trust security? What's the mindset? He talked about the EO. Um, we went down into how do you start, you know, implementing zero trust is very much about how you practice security within the organization and about having zero assumptions, not vendor solutions. Now that's pretty useful. That's a pretty valuable takeaway from this. And I, I applaud them for saying it's not about vendor solutions. You don't see a lot of vendors say that. Organizations do not become a zero trust shop. They practice a zero trust mindset, strategy mindset thinking about this stuff it's not a product it's also critical to remember that every organization's zero trust journey will be different i've said that ten thousand times that's the reality it's just like your physical health however you take care of your health there's a strategy that you should apply and there are fundamentals of being healthy but how you do it is up to you no one should be sitting there in front of you including your you know medical professional i wouldn't think saying this is the only way that you could be healthy make it work for you uh, he says, I'm not actually a big fan of the name Zero Trust. Okay. And prefer to think of it as continuous verification or making zero assumptions. Sure, but that doesn't have quite the, you know, sort of sexy nameology of Zero Trust. Uh, but the security approach of the Zero Trust mindset is a solid baseline on how organizations should put into practice to reduce the risk. He says, don't worry about vendors, right? Be you know, know your inventory. Know where you're at. Have a baseline. Start from a baseline. Uh, what security controls vendor partners all this is, so this is a really good article i think this was well done if you have the time go check this out and read it because it makes a lot of sense and he was good at being very very uh non-partisan in this it wasn't just vendor schlep so good article well done tip of the hat wag of the finger whatever you want to call it fully undetected joker backdoor malware targets windows linux and max os Hey, you Mac people, you can get hacked. Hey, you Mac people, there's malware for you. Again, why do y'all put so many of these damn clicky-click things on sites? It's like we're back in 1990 where there's just so much stuff to click on, you can't even get through the freaking site more. Like, seriously, I've been clicked that, I clicked that, what, three times? 
Uh, Terra seals, malware establishes initial access on target machines, then waits for additional code to execute. So not new stuff, not really that different from anything we've seen in the back. However, this is something that's broad in nature that works on all, pretty much all operating systems. Um, infection routine, finds a target masquerades as a system update, which sounds very much like what, like say, uh, like a lot of these other things that have been pushed out, software supply chain sort of stuff. Um, generates a C2 by decoding a string retrieved from a text file hosted on Google Drive. So what would be an indicator? Well, if there's a, you know, no reason for your system to reach out to Google Drive and you saw a fallout, why would that happen? Um, <clears throat> you know, monitoring infected machines. So based on victimology and malware behavior, we assess that SysJoker is after specific targets. The reason I'm saying this is if you go to what I said earlier about the 2022 predictions, Here's an example of malware that's starting to be tailored to go after individual entities and individual specific things within the organization. So we're already seeing this. It's already becoming more of a, a approach. It's going to happen more. Um, now, the other takeaway here is that there are ways to eliminate this from being a problem. Um, it talks about text files doing weird stuff. It talks about callouts. It talks about C2s. It talks about um, Java and et cetera. Again, if you're doing sort of the ZT approach and you have things in place like application whitelisting and you're looking and you're having really good visibility and you're limiting things like lateral movement, this really won't be the end of days. Is a machine going to get infected? Probably. Is somebody going to get packed or pwned? Maybe. Um, but is there a way to keep this from not burning down the entire organization? Yes, that's the point. So I, I read this one too, cyber risk add to climate threat. What? Um, World Economic Forum warns that this one kind of threw me for a loop. Um, cybersecurity and space are emerging risks to the global economy. Okay, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily emerging space, maybe. Um, adding to existing challenges posed by climate change and the coronavirus pandemic. Okay, I read this global risk report. It's really, really long. Um, some useful stuff in there. This is a rundown of the report, about a thousand experts. Digital dangers, right? The pandemic forced a huge shift requiring people to work or attend class from home, more security risks, et cetera, et cetera. We're at the point now where cyber threats are going faster than our ability to effectively prevent and manage them. Okay, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. That seems like a little bit of a defeatist attitude. Cyber techs are becoming more aggressive and widespread. Sure, they're using tougher tactics. Uh-huh. Malware and ransomware attacks have boomed. Yeah. Um, while responding to the survey, uh, short and medium term risk, Clint said the report's authors were concerned the issue wasn't ranked higher, suggesting it's a blind spot for companies and governments. That's the takeaway, I think, from that whole report after reading all the stuff, is that it's not necessarily well understood even by people in the World Economic Forum and et cetera that are um, aware that cyber now touches everything. Like they talk about climate change, they talk about space race, they talk about uh, you know, infections and COVID and whatever, I can get access to all those things via some manner uh, in cyberdom. And I just showed you earlier at the beginning of this that I could reach out to things that would help with climate change initiatives, such as wind farms, renewable energy, et cetera. So the point being, um, cyber honestly should be one of the top one or two things within all of uh, these sort of initiatives. It shouldn't be way down the roster. And it needs to be well understood, and they need to take it very, very seriously. Now, last one, um, you know, I read through the the whole posting on this one as well. Um, two Russian businessmen. This is a little bit older, but I thought it was interesting just because there's been some follow-on stuff with this. Two Russian business and others made millions in started trading through hacking U.S. Nate Redmond published this. 
Um, five Russians, including a Kremlin-linked businessman now in U.S. custody, carried out a vast $82 million insider trading scheme that allowed him to profit from corporate information stolen through hacking. Um, these guys basically were able to get into systems, get information, make trades, and then they did things that would give them, you know, wins in the stock market. And I read, I read through the holy indictment, etc. Um, it's a lot of money, but the the real question I have in this particular case is. How was this allowed to go on for so long, especially if we have all these organizations that are supposedly collaborating so well and are working together internationally to stop these types of threats? It's not that they're not trying, but the reality of what we're dealing with here is that if you're a bad guy and you know how to work the system and you know how to stay below the radar, you can do this stuff. I will guarantee you right now today, there are folks from other organizations and other nation states, including North Korea and et cetera, that are doing these very same similar things that are making trades and making money because of the information inside they have into how systems are working. Um, there are probably Americans that are in here doing this right now. It doesn't bode well for the market. It doesn't bode well for stability. It doesn't bode well for how we do things in, in this country when we have this type of thing taking place. And if we don't systemically address it, and if we don't deal with the reality of the problems and what they need to be successful, we should expect this to continue. And it's not going to be more international collaboration, cooperation, because take it from somebody that's been in places where bad shit is happening. You need international collaboration and cooperation. It doesn't go very well. It's not very smooth. It's not very effective, especially in a space like cyber. Um, it's going to be incumbent upon the organizations to have a better strategic approach to solving the problem, to beating the bad guys. And it's really should be about keeping them out uh, or not keeping them out. Sorry, I just had a brain fart about having a way to keep them from causing massive infections, from getting deeper into systems and accepting that they're probably able to get into a system always accept that stuff is compromised. Um, this mantra, you know, it, it, it sounds like it's just the same thing that people beat up and beat up and you hear it from vendors, whatever else. Zero trust is a real thing because it makes sense. Um, it's not about vendors like that article from Psychotic Centrify said. It's not about somebody sitting on the hill preaching the gospel i mean this just makes sense uh, you can go through every one of these compromises you can go through it and we can always armchair quarterback but the value of the armchair quarterbacking is you see oh that particular statement of malware that's a zero day it wouldn't work if you weren't able to move laterally or weren't able to call out oh that uses powershell we should stop powershell like so a lot of this stuff is not rocket science and a lot of this stuff i would say the majority of it there are either strategic or technolo technological fixes in the market right now present that can fix a lot of these problems. Anyways, I've been rambling for a little bit. I'm going to stop rambling because, uh, you know, everybody's got other stuff to do. Um, I try and keep these under 30 minutes. It's an interesting time. First day for me doing a video podcast. So I apologize for looking at my misshapen, ugly head. Anyway, um, onward, upward, forward, etc. Thank you for your time. Stay safe. Stay secure. Think CT.